Talk Live, 855-453. That's 855-450-3733. It's the show about your calls. Call in, talk about what you want. First, we're going to go to Frederick Graves. He is the creator of Jurisdictionary. You guys probably heard me talk about Jurisdictionary on a a regular basis if you listen to uh, Free Talk Live. I am very fond of this. It's a a program, essentially what you should have been taught in high school in the civics class that you haven't been taught. Frederick, are you there? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Now, Frederick, you, you host your own radio show, so you're pretty comfortable being on the radio. And I wanted to have you come on and explain Jurisdictionary in your words to people. Wow. Well, that's wonderful, Mark, and thank you for having me. It's it's a pleasure and an honor to, uh, to talk to your people, and I just look forward to sharing whatever I can to help people, you know, see the, the, the light side, the bright side, the good side, the power that people have to make things better. Now, who who is Jurisdictionary for, first off? Well, there's two people. One is the person, well, actually three people. One is the person who cannot afford or does not trust lawyers. That's a, that's a big section of the world. And yep. then there are people who hire lawyers and end up paying for things that they shouldn't have to pay for and get taken to the cleaners or the lawyer is afraid of the judge and they don't know what the lawyer should be doing. Mm-hmm. And then there are people who just want to know what is the people's power. What do we have? How can we change the world, whether they're involved in a lawsuit or not? But to learn what Blackstone wrote many years ago in one of the maxims, where he says that the courts are, he uses the word theater, the way we use the word theater when it's applied to warfare. Okay. The theater they are the of the courts? theater of the power of the people. Okay. You see, we, we've, been, we've been duped into believing that the power of the people is the vote or the letter to the congressman or the letter to your editors, but really the power of the people is the courts. And, you know, the, so often the courts have been uh, hijacked by, by lawyers and uh, judges who, you know, have sympathies for lawyers, and jurisdictionary gives you the ability to unhijack them at least somewhat. Well, yes. Absolutely. I mean, we have people that are doing this all the time, that are getting the course and learning the rules and learning how to use the rules and learning how to rub the judge, rub the judge's nose. Indeed. I mean, you know, I've, I've seen it. I've seen it happen. I've seen people make mistakes because I've taken jurisdictionary. I can see those mistakes when I'm sitting there. And, you know, it, it takes a little bit of practice. You don't learn anything overnight, but I, you know, I, I feel that it is the most complete course I've ever seen. There's a lot of people who sell you a lot of courses on the legal system, and they'll, they'll sell you this pie-in-the-sky stuff about, you know, capital letter names and, and things like that. And jurisdictionary is just how to use the court system. Right, and you can rely on it because it is based on the official rules. In other words... You know, people go to court and they have all sorts of theories, and some of the theories are correct. Some of their positions, some of their interpretations of the law are legitimate. Mm -hmm. They 
how to they don't know how to file a motion. They don't know how to cross examine a witness or when you cannot cross examine. They don't they don't know how to prepare orders. They don't know how to do legal research. They go into court, bless their hearts, and basically they don't know what they're doing. And when it comes time to argue with the umpire, you have to know the rules of the game. And people that go to court who know the rules and know how to use the rules uh, end up way ahead of the game. Now, um, you've put together some kind of affiliate program for Jurisdictionary recently. I mean, we've been, I've been talking about Jurisdictionary on this program for more than a year now. And, uh, you know, uh, lots of people – I know lots of people have bought the course as a result because I'm a, such a big fan of it. But you've started some new uh, affiliate program there, right? Right. We do have an affiliate program. It's very simple. It doesn't cost anything. You just go sign up. There's a link that says affiliate program or request affiliate link or whatever. And you get a link, and we we report to you each week the number of clicks that came from your link and the number of sales. And at the end of the month, we send you a check. And if you make lots of sales, you make lots of money. But what we really want people, if, if I may, real quickly. Sure. You know, we have so many people that that they have been cheated. We, we were all cheated. We weren't taught anything in, in elementary school, junior high, high school, our taxes paid for it. But we weren't told what due process is. We weren't told the difference between a mortgage and a note. You see, we weren't told anything about how the, the court system works, and yet the courts are where we, the people, can change the law. The, the, the way you can, can have the biggest effect, that's for sure. I mean, li- likely your vote won't even matter when, if you're voting for president. I mean, you know, the only place you can really truly have an effect is the courtroom. Right. And if we ourselves, if an individual doesn't really have an issue that they want to go to court about, it it will help when more and more of us understand that, for example, the rules of evidence, you know, where we we understand about hearsay, Mm -hmm. we understand about competence and and relevance and so forth. The rules of evidence uh, in most states, well, let's put it this way, in the federal courts, it's less than 20 pages. That's the official rules of evidence for every criminal and civil case in the United States in a federal court. You think anybody can learn that, right? Well, the one thing that we want to caution people about is it's like when I learned how to play chess, Mark. I learned the bishop moved on the diagonal, the rooks horizontal, horizontal and vertical, and so forth. And then I thought, well, now I know how to play chess. But no, I knew the rules. Right. What, what jurisdictionary does is he says, all right, here's the rules. They're really, really simple. Here they are. Look at them. There's no big deal to it. And now here is the tactical way to use those rules to put your opponent in a box and put the judge on notice that you have a winning case and that you've made your record, and if you have to appeal, that you're going to win on appeal. And so the judge is disposed to avoid being appealed and reversed and embarrassed. It really comes down to nothing more difficult than that, and so there's a great opportunity that exists that never existed before the Internet, Mark, because now yeah. people can do all this, they can learn all this, they can do legal research, which was impossible by computer 30 years ago. It was impossible. If somebody... The average person just was going to be lost in a law library. 
That, you know, it's it's the truth. Yeah. I've been to law libraries, and there's nothing you can – you just – you don't even know where to start. Jurisdiction gives right. you that place to start. And if and if you've got a case that's coming up in two or three days, you can go to Jurisdictionary.com, and you can download the program to start with and start learning now. Now, uh, Frederick Graves, you'll send them the program in the mail, but they can download it immediately, Right. They have access to the five-hour video seminar, the two-and-a-half-hour audio classroom, the complete lawsuit flowchart immediately, and that's the introductory part, and then the the video and the audio and 15 in-depth reference tutorials then come to you on four CD-ROMs. That's right. You know, and it's a really, it's a great bargain. It costs less than an hour with any good attorney and you can get them, uh, you know, you can start start working on your case immediately. There's all kinds of free tools there at jurisdictionary.com too. What, um, tell me, you know, how this has worked for some people in the past, Frederick. Well, here, let me get some, I have some, I saved the fan mail that comes in, the emails <laughs> that come in. Well, let's see here. Here's one. Uh, this I just got this August 22nd. Uh, it's from a fellow named Gordon. First, I want to thank you for all your hard work in trying to keep this country and its people free. Then I would like to let you know that I filed a petition for a writ of mandamus against the magistrate court clerk in an action, uh, and my writ was granted. And I received all the documents I requested. Now, you see, the thing is, I know this man. I've met this man. He he lives down in uh, New Mexico. Uh, if we know how to do this and we do it, then we get things straightened out that can't be straightened out any other way. Frederick Graves, thank you for being on with me. Uh, I would encourage everybody to go to jurisdictionary.com. Don't don't sit sit down for these injustices. Stand up. Use jurisdictionary.com right away. Frederick, thank you. Thank you, Mark. Are you a cigarette smoker? I was too for many years. You know that crap's going to kill you, right? There's a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month, and it tastes better. No more ashtray mouth. No smell. No secondhand smoke. You could use it just about anywhere. Free shipping on orders over $60, and a free starter kit with the purchase of 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Call 855-2-GET-VAPOR, or go to Vaporsmiths.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the sickle toll-free call-in line. I, it's Mark with you. And Luther. And Julia. You know, I forgot to introduce you guys. You were just sitting there in front of the mics. The, oh, no, the it's fine. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> you know, what can I tell you? It's not like I've got con- complete control here with uh, with all these buttons. They confuse me a little bit. The flashing lights. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I kind of miss Ian. I think we're on the uh, the fourteenth day. I miss him in the sense that somebody else should be here pushing these damn buttons. Oh man, seven I gotta weeks tell left. You, I I have to admit, guys, I'm not missing him that much. <laughs> he, it's he's great having right? the house to my yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm his roommate. It's great having the house to myself, you know, and just staying up late at night. Poor guy, he's out there freaking washing other people's dishes in, <laughs> in prison, and we're like, eh, stay gone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do hope he comes back. 
You know, during these busy days, it sure is difficult to eat right all the time. But since I started taking New Zealand's Nature Bee, I have felt better, had better digestion, slept better, and this wonderful plant pollen can be yours. Here's Mike Buck to tell you about why it's so great. You know what? I'll tell you, Mark. Nature Bee is dynamite nutritionally for the body. Unlike all other bee pollen, our patented process actually cracks open those tough cellulose walls, produces the full nutritional power of nature bee plant pollen. You know, bee pollen is the original ancient superfood. Scientific research gives you great advice about how nature bee is better for energy, immunity, healthy heart, better sleep at night, tons of energy. And you know, nature bee is not ordinary pollen. The potentiated process unlocks the incredible natural power. Unlike other expensive counterparts, nature is truly bioavailable, highly effective, and affordable. No preservatives, no chemicals, and no risk. Nature Bee comes to, you, to your door from our door in New Zealand with a 100 complete percent money back guarantee if you don't feel a real difference. Now, um, you know, Nature Bee certainly isn't just your average bee pollen. You can get bee pollen anywhere. You can only get potentiated pollen from Nature Bee. How do people go about ordering Nature Bee? Yeah, it's easy. And a huge six-month supply is ninety nine ninety five plus delivery. We toss in three months for free, and, of course, that risk-free guarantee. Don't forget about that. Call toll-free and order right now all the way from Auckland, New Zealand, 1-866-834-8355. That's 1-866-834-8355. Or get online. We all do these days at Nature Bee's website, NatureBee, that's NatureBee.com. All right. Come on, everyone. Call 866-834-8355. Again, it's 866-834-8355 or go to naturebee.com. Julia, you said you had a story on some folks getting their kids taken away because of some pot. That's right. This is from the New York Times, actually. Um, No cause for marijuana case, but enough for child neglect. The police found 10 grams of marijuana or about a third of an ounce when they searched Penelo Paris's apartment in the Bronx last year. The amount was below the okay, legal... Okay, so let me get this straight. Third of an ounce. Okay. It's not much. I mean, you know, it's a good-sized bag, right? It's a good-sized bag, but if somebody was selling this, it would be nickel and dime bags, right? I mean, nobody... A gram for... Per, or I'm sorry, an ounce for personal use for a, for a daily smoker, not uncommon, not yeah. a lot of pot. So uh, this is a third of an ounce, yeah. so this is just somebody's stash. I mean, right. they, they might sell their friend a, pe- a, a pinch a of it. Right. You, right. Can't, you can't get it in a third of an ounce. You know, Nobody's going to sell it to you like that. So obviously they had used They had quite at a least bit of it. smoked um, the half down to a third. Sure. Correct. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I'm getting, I'm getting it clear. All right. So Correct. they had a third of an ounce, a bag of pot. Mm-hmm. The amount was below the legal threshold for even a misdemeanor, and prosecutors declined to so charge this, her. This is a ticket, essentially. Right. Okay. I, well, New York redid their marijuana laws a few years ago, and I think, I, I'm not sure what the amount is, and maybe I can look that up on the break here in a minute, but um, my understanding is it's basically like a parking ticket now, yeah. if you get caught with, like, under an ounce or if something it's under, like that. If it's not a misdemeanor, then it's a ticket. It's a violation. Right. Uh, as I understand things. Mm-hmm. So prosecutors declined to charge her, but Miss Harris, a mother whose son and niece were home when she was briefly in custody, could hardly rest easy. The police had reported her arrest to the Child State Welfare Hotline, and city caseworkers quickly arrived and took the children away. Her son, then 10, spent more than a week in foster care. Her niece, who was 8 and living with her as a foster child, was placed in another home and not returned by the foster care agency for more than a year. Jeez. For marijuana. Now, right off the bat, what irritates me about this article is I'll bet that the lady that came in and took the children away has 
loads of alcohol in her house. She probably smokes pot too. I mean, or has smoked pot in her life at least. I mean, the when you start when you talk about people who are under the age of 65, yeah. you're probably talking about more than 50% of the population has imbibed marijuana or at least stood around while one of their friends imbibed marijuana. I mean, so the idea that she would take someone's kids away over simply over this yeah. seems really extreme to me. I guarantee you, if you think that you don't know anybody, you don't have a loved one who smokes pot, it's only because they're too afraid to tell you. Yeah, your like, family doctor probably smokes pot. <laughs> it, well, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna point fingers at necessarily your family doctor, but certainly I mean, family yeah, doctors just in do. general. Oh, sure, yeah, that's a high stress job. I if I did something like that, I'd love to come home and roll up a joint and it, just relax. It's as uh, you know, it, 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 to me, it's a relatively harmless thing. You compare it to uh, to alcohol consumption mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. It's very comparable. Um, you know, I mean, some people will smoke a little. Some people get really stoned. It, it's, you know, it's just, you know, they, they smoke a little, they smoke a lot, whatever. You know, it's it's not like it's, it, it doesn't, it's harmless. I have yet to see the first marijuana death. Yeah. There's all kinds of alcohol-related deaths all the time. Absolutely. So Mrs. Harris, age 31, had to weather a lengthy child neglect inquiry. Though she had no criminal record and had never been before investigated by the child welfare authorities, uh, Said her lawyer. So she's never had any kind of trouble. This is the first thing I was thinking of is what what did it look like when they went in there? Is this lady, you know, been in any kind of trouble? You know, what's right. what's her deal? Nothing. OK, so she doesn't this have point, a deal. You're right. We don't we don't know what her, uh, you know, her living conditions for her children are like, because we're never going to know that. But um, we do know that she has not gotten in trouble with the law at all, which, you know, there's not a lot of people can say that. Yeah. I felt like less of a parent, like I had failed my children, Miss Harris said. It tore me up. Hundreds of New Yorkers who had been caught with small amounts of marijuana or who have simply admitted to using it have been have become ensnared in civil child neglect cases in recent years, even though they did not face any criminal charges, according to the city records and defense lawyers. A small number of parents in these cases have even lost custody of their children. New York City's child welfare. It is absolutely insane. (laughs) They're taking people's kids away for no for no criminal charge over what is equal to a parking ticket. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. And, uh, you know, if this lady doesn't have cabinets filled with alcohol, the... the somebody rest, does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Some, I mean, somebody who's uh, you know prosecuting these cases cases has uh, liquor bottles in their house, which is you know highly equivalent to a bag of pot. I would say the cops that arrest her probably do. I'm certainly, and they probably, you know, of the people that have been involved in this, many of them have smoked marijuana, but they would take someone else's kids away just because they're doing their jobs. Yeah, yeah. This lady walked in there and uh, almost like a robot, you know, just not even thinking about it, not showing any uh, uh, critical thinking skills whatsoever. She just takes the kids because she was told to, because they broke a law, you know, they... Yep. A, a stupid law, though. I mean, well, the it made it sound like it was her choice because all the police did was report it to the, the hotline. Yeah. And this lady chose to come in there and take the children away. It sure sounds like that. We'll talk about it a little bit more. 855-450-3733. It's a sacral toll-free call in line. It's Free Talk Live.
This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Lil Drums. Every bit as fun as a full-size Nestle drumstick cone and definitely cuter. Visit us at drumstick.com. Vacations are all about family time, but you don't have to leave home to have fun. Take one weekend a month and devote it to family activities. Pull out the board games and puzzles, serve up some treats, or have a picnic. Even without leaving home, you'll feel like you've really had some time away. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. It's Mark. And Luther. And Julia. Call in and talk about what you want to talk about. We've been talking about the situation where people in New York, um, I guess, is it all over New York State or just sort of in the New York City area? Um, I think it's New York State. They've mentioned uh, somebody personally who lives in the Bronx, the Bronx. but... I believe they're they're talking about the state welfare agency, and uh, you know they've been taking people's kids away from them for having small amounts of marijuana, which are not even you know they don't even reach the level of misdemeanor status. So they're taking people away for the the, the equivalent of a ticket, and it's nuts. The, the hypocrisy is, I mean, the city or at some point in time, the state said, okay, we don't believe that marijuana is dangerous enough to be you know to prosecute, right. But at the same time, don't it's bad to have around your kids or something. I, are they suggesting somebody that somebody didn't tell the child welfare agency, right. apparently? Yeah. <laughs> so to continue, New York City's child welfare agency said that it's pursuing these cases for appropriate reasons and that marijuana use by parents could often hint at serious problems in the way they're cared for. The children are cared for. Why? So often hint? I mean, yeah. all kinds of things could hint. Are we saying that people that have guns, people that have guns in the house, uh, their children are far more likely to shoot themselves or, or their friends with those guns? Does that mean that that hints at those people having a, a bad home life and their children should be taken away? I mean, now that we're taking kids on hints, yeah. let's go through these people's houses and find hints for how they're mistreating their children. <laughs> yeah. As- you have been charged with a hint, citizen. <laughs> hint? Uh, hints? Whoa! Some of them might have hints, too. We're talking about like a percentage of a percentage here. I, I, I'm stunned. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, yes, some people that are bad parents smoke marijuana, but some people that are great parents smoke marijuana. Marijuana is just a mind-altering substance like so many of them that they sell. They Caffeine, tobacco, alcohol. These are and, all- you know, compared to alcohol, it is not that mind-altering. Sure. I mean... You don't hear about a lot of people getting stoned and beating their kids. No, it just like it, it's such a minor high. You know what I mean? It's a mellow haze, basically. It's I have been the most messed up I've ever been in my life on alcohol, ever. Yeah, drink a fifth of Jack and f- tell me if you're not right. You can't stand up; it shuts all your body functions yeah. down. You'll I mean, be you lucky just to don't hear about experience. This, yeah, frankly, you drink just a, don't drink hear a fifth about of this Jack, with... and you'll, you could die. <laughs> That's true. Yes, as states and localities around the around the country loosen penalties for marijuana both recreational and medical uses they are increasingly grappling with how to handle its pressure in homes with children california where the medical marijuana i got an idea let parents decide how they're going to deal with their kids when it comes to marijuana in the same way we should let them decide how we're going to deal with their kids when it comes to alcohol you know, I find it the whole idea very disturbing of teaching my son Jack about marijuana, but who do I want to teach him about marijuana? 
because he's going to learn about marijuana. If I stick my head in the sand and I act like, well, if I don't tell him, he'll never find out. Then I, you know, that's the kind of stupidity that deserves reality to smack it right in the face. Yeah. Jack is going to find out about marijuana and I need to be the one to teach him. How I go about teaching him is, is you know, however I go about teaching but him. But I do understand that it is a far, it's, it's fa- less, it's less harmful than alcohol, tobacco, and so many other things out there. Um, you know, I mean, <laughs> household products some kids will get high off of. If, if it all comes down to it, I'd rather him consume alcohol than ever, or excuse is consume marijuana than, than get hooked on alcohol or uh, get hooked on snorting paint or something. Yeah. There are plenty of cases, too, where parents, alcoholic parents, uh, abuse children, and you just don't, that's just not the case with, you don't hear of people getting high and, and beating their kids, like you said. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. I mean, you ask any police officer when the last time he got into a wrestling match with a with a pothead was. Yeah. It almost never happens, but it happens on a nightly basis with uh, people that drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. So in New York, the Child Welfare Agency has not shied from these cases. For the parents, the child welfare system has become an alternate system of justice with yep. legal standards on marijuana that appear to be tougher than those of criminal courts or to some extent of society at large. In interviews, lawyers from the three legal service groups that the city hires to defend parents said they saw hundreds of marijuana cases each year, most involving recreational users. Oh, my goodness. Hundreds. Hundreds. A year. The lawyers said that they currently had more than a dozen cases on their docket involving parents who had never faced neglect allegations and whose children were placed in foster care because of the marijuana allegations. Now, this breaks my heart. Right. It can be... You know, there's certainly some people that are in the foster care community that are doing their best to take care of kids that are in rough circumstances and all these kind of things. But there are people that are in it totally for the money and they don't care what happens and terrible things happen in their homes. And, you know, it's just they're just shy of they're just small orphanages. Basically, they've got several kids living or, in there and or even temporary ones. Sometimes, you know, the kids will just get shuffled around from house to house. Yeah. But you're telling me that a child is better off in like being taken away from his home and his parents and his siblings because his parents smoke marijuana, the kid's better off in a foster home? I think that what they're telling you is that we get a budget for every kid yeah. that we're handling in our system. And it's important for our budget that we handle more kids. So we're going to handle these kids. And next, we might come after alcohol drinkers, too. You get a DUI, we might take your kids away. You know, people that speed, they're probably not very good parents either. <laughs> I mean, this is this is the kind of Litter mentality bugs. that they're talking about here. What would you say, Chris? Litterbugs. Litterbugs, yes. <laughs> Litterbugs, well, that hints at how you're taking care of your kids. <laughs> it hints at it. Yes, it does. Uh, director of family, def- uh, Brooklyn Family Defense Project, which defends parents facing neglect charges in family court in Brooklyn, said that more than 90% of the cases alleging drug use that her lawyers handle involve marijuana as opposed to other drugs. Uh, the, there are not, for some, sorry, uh, there is not the same use of crack cocaine as there used to be. So they're filling these cases instead. So she basically just said what you said, which is that they're not getting the same yep. amount of kids in. 
This is what happens, people, when you advocate for a bureaucracy to take over on something. Uh, you know, Ronald Reagan said, and I tend to agree with this quote, uh, you know, I've, I've got my things to say about the Gipper, but um, that, you know, nothing says eternity, or, you know, this is, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, nothing says eternity like a government program. It's the closest thing to eternity we've got. And once so they get in once they've hired a certain number of bureaucrats they don't want to get rid of them as the bureaucrat that's in charge you don't want to have fewer people underneath you that would show that you're not doing your job very well so they've got to figure out other reasons why well go out and f- this it's your job to find bad parents go find bad parents and so it's like a guy with a hammer he's going to find nails to nail down so these are like police officers essentially now i mean just looking for cases cops cops just give you a ticket and leave you alone these people take your kids away from you for a year it's sickening i mean ask any parent would they rather be fined five thousand dollars or have their kid taken away from them for two months no parent's going to tell you that they're going to you know they're going to deal with that kid situation i you know i mean they this is this is the most horrifying thing that can happen to a parent and it really sets people up if I had my kid taken away, you're talking about a situation where I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, I, I, what what these fathers do in these circumstances, I don't know how they manage to keep their, their, their wits about them. Well, I know they're scared there to death. Was, there was that guy who lit himself on fire in the courthouse. And what was it about? Yep. Custody over his kids. It's, and he went insane. I read his letter. He was a total nutter, yeah. you know, and, and he was talking about violent things but it's like the state created this for him right when you when there is no uh what with the jfk quote uh, when there's no nonviolent appeal or whatever then uh, it makes um when it's uh, when nonviolent appeals uh impossible then uh, violent appeal is inevitable or something like that and that's exactly what happens when a man has no place to go he's going to do something this is the most valuable thing that people have in their lives if it's not the most valuable thing that they have in their lives that's a bigger hint yeah that they're a bad parent than the fact that they smoke pot I, I'm, I'm stunned by this. Uh, Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. Do you think people's kids should be taken away because they got a bag of pot? Please, if you think that, call in. I want to hear why. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. It's the SACL toll-free call-in line. Who is SACL CAI? Well, I'll tell you. SACL CAI is a company that handles accounts receivable. The principal over there, Jason Osborne, is a big supporter of Liberty, big supporter of Free Talk Live. He's been sponsoring the show since... 2007 or something and uh, we appreciate him so if you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of accounts receivable try SACL CAI they will do a fine job for you they'll treat your clients with respect 
It's SACL CAI. Their banner is the top one on the right-hand side of the page at freetalklive.com. Go and check them out. While you're at freetalklive.com, check out the news options. It's news.freetalklive.com. You can get emailed updates, Twitter, Facebook, any way that you want to find out about what's going on with Free Talk Live. We would love to hear, uh, we'd love to be able to get you that information. It's news.freetalklive.com. Now, Julia, you said that there were some uh, other stories here of people getting their kids taken away from them because of uh, small pot possession situations. Uh, By the way, I'd like everyone to notice no one's called in and said it's a good idea to take people's kids away because they have a small amount of pot which means even the drug warriors don't support this crap yeah um there was a case of a uh 23 year old from harlem who lost custody of his one-year-old daughter in march after an employee now this is interesting to me after an employee at the homeless shelter where he was staying found a five dollar bag of marijuana in his room during inspection so the fact that he doesn't have a home for his daughter was not enough to warrant that he doesn't have custody of it. But once they found the marijuana, well, then we have something, you know, we have a problem here. That is bizarre. Let's go to David in in Keene, New Hampshire. David? Hello. This is one of the reasons that I'm totally on board with Free Talk Live and all the free staters and everything. This is like, um, when they talk, you mentioned it, Mark, that that the government, they get money for the babies they take away. Right? They seem to. Did you say something like that? Yeah, they get, they, their budget obviously is going to increase on the federal and the state levels at these <laughs> bureaucracies when they have uh, kids that they've you know taken from people. The more kids they have, obviously, the more money they're going to need. So they, they have an incentive to take people's children. And I knew a girl who was in foster care, and she also, you know, she's a, she was a trouble girl, but she had she had those... And she thought the same thing. She believed, she, well, she, kn- she knew that that was the case. And I can think of, and this would be something that would be very difficult to, 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 to um, tell the regular John Q. public, to use a funny phrase. But, right. But they wouldn't believe that. The I, government's taking babies away for money. I don't know how to tell people this, but it it does seem to be the case. And the fact is that humans react to incentives. And the incentive of many of these organizations is to take people's babies away and give them to other people. And and there have actually been some reported cases, and I think it was in North Carolina where I read the story about, where they they took like a 10-day-old baby because, quote-unquote, because it wasn't gaining weight. Now, at 10 days old, many babies lose weight after birth, so it's not unusual for a 10-day-old to actually weigh less than a new, than, than it was when it was a newborn. That happened with my son. Believe me, he's fine. And they, they took him away for just that reason and gave him to somebody else who was politically connected. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, it's, it's just the God's honest truth. This is what's happening. David, thank you yeah. for the call. Thanks for Thanks. giving me the opportunity to, to talk about it because it, he's right. It sounds bananas if well, i sit on here and say well people they're taking away people's babies and they're giving them somebody else they'd think i was nuts well and this is how they i mean this is how they go to sleep at night if they say well he was a drug user yeah. you know what i mean it's it's fine it's not a big deal like okay i did something good today i took a kid out of a drug home yes well that's it you know the, the carpet was dirty and they had pot let's go to <laughs> jeremy and hipping minnesota jeremy how's it going all's well Except for these oh, folks. I just want to say thank you guys for the show. It's a great thing that you guys do. Um, second, I want to say what what if they're doing this to generate revenue, if they're going out 
and looking for these babies and these people to generate revenue. What they're doing is kidnapping. But how do we? How do we? How do you prove that, Jeremy? I mean, obviously, nobody at the uh, the, the child welfare <laughs> agency, whatever it's called, is going to say, "Oh yeah, we're doing this to make sure that we get our budget, um, you know, our budget line increased." Uh, obviously, if they're not going to say that. If you if you if you get it out there long enough, there's somebody in the organization in one of these things that's going to say, "Yeah, they're telling us to go look for these people." I'll tell you, um, this somebody's, is, somebody's morality is going to kick in somewhere, just like our morality kicked in, and we listen to the show and we talk about what we talk about, and well, we and we and we do what we need to do. I agree that we, sh- you know, everybody should be talking about it as much as they can. But this is a terrible time to be a whistleblower in the uh, history of America. I mean, during the Obama administration, I think that whistleblower uh, they, they've quadrupled the prosecutions against whistleblowers. This guy who ran on tr- transparency is going after whistleblowers. Uh, I mean, it's it, it, it has a chilling effect on people coming out and speaking about the agencies that they're in. Hey, you know, if you shut up for four more years, you can retire and we'll give you a nice pension. If not, you lose everything and you'll probably never work again and maybe you'll go to jail. So, I mean, these are the options that whistleblowers seem to have right now. No, I agree with you. I, I just say a person's morality has got to kick in yeah, somewhere. I would hope and so. America needs to stand. America needs to stand up for Americans, not for bureaucrats. Uh, you know, this is um, this is a funny thing, uh, J- Jeremy. I was having this conversation with somebody who's a politician uh, recently, and you know, I'm not sure even what America means. <laughs> When somebody uses the term, I, like, I think it's interchangeable for the, like, the people on this landmass, and I dig those people, and I'm into the landmass, and I, I kind of like the colors and stuff. I, I like all that stuff. Or does America mean its government? Does it mean the United States government and the governments of all the you know, states and that kind of thing? Because the bureaucrats and the politicians seem to be the ones who can steer the policy of the nation. So aren't they more the nation than we are? We're just kind of like the, the serfs of the nation? No, what? you know what? We are the people of the nation, and, and what's, been gone, what's been done is we've been taught to not fight, but the trouble is, is, is we need to stand up for everybody, you know? Um, I hope... You see somebody in trouble, when you see somebody in trouble, or somebody hurting, you need to stand up and help them. I, I'm with no you. No matter how hard it is. You know, and and people have forgotten that, and we've been taught not to stand up for other people. It's taught in our schools. Um, you know, my son stuck up a couple years ago, stuck up for a, a girl that was getting knocked down, and uh, he was got expelled from school for a day for fighting with the other kid who knocked this girl down. Yeah. And I went to pick him up, and I said, the principal asked me what I'm going to do, and I said, I'm going to take him out for ice cream. <laughs> Jeremy, that's awesome. Thanks for the call. You, know, you guys have a great <laughs> oh, shoot. That was <laughs> clever. Yes. <laughs> you know, clever. Yeah. You know, perhaps there are other ways to defend uh, girls that are getting pushed down, no doubt, but I'll tell you, I, you know, I mean, there I suppose there are times when uh, one needs to uh, stand up for for what's right and I think uh, I think Jeremy's on to something. Uh you know, it's just, these these bureaucrats are taking people's kids away. It's it, it's truly appalling. But not all bureaucrats are doing that, are they, um, Julia? the the one the the story with the the fella who's uh, helping the cur- the girls learn how to uh, to drink drunk driving oh yes yeah, not, okay not drink drink and drive yes I th- I thought this was very cute small little tidbit so. Um Iowa police say that a 62-year-old 
driving teacher gave wine to a 14-year-old and a 16-year-old and then let them get behind the wheel during a recent lesson. That a good idea. <laughs> yeah. So he I, gave I wine think to think so too. I mean to, uh, What were the genders of these 14 and 16-year-old? They were girls. Oh, yeah. a 16-year-old guy or 62-year-old guy gives two <laughs> teenage girls some wine so that he can teach them about drunk driving. Yes, mm. yes. He also actually apparently offered booze to another girl while they were at the Olive Garden together, but she declined. I see. Hey, <laughs> what, what, what's some of this wine you can sit on my lap and steer while yeah. I do the pedals? <laughs> Awful. Do you girls like body massage? <laughs> don't, don't worry. I'll, I'll make sure you're held in nice and yeah. safe. <laughs> we're just going to get in the van and I'll teach you all about drunk driving. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, he should get the creepy guy award. There's no doubt. <laughs> yeah, you know, as funny as it is, it's what's really sad is that this is this is the this is what happens when power is given to people. Yeah, admittedly, anybody can give uh, wine to uh, teenage girls, but you know, um, they they probably felt more pressured to uh, to take it because it's their driver's ed yeah. teacher. Who wants to get drunk with the 62 year old guy? <laughs> I mean, who's dying to do that? They, the girls aren't <laughs> calling me up. I can tell you that. I'm only 40. Yeah. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Talk Live, 855 453. The SACL toll free call in line, 855 450 3733. It's Mark. And Luther. And Julia. And you can call in and talk about what you want to talk about. Until then, we're going to chat about a few stories we've got here. Luther, you've got a story about a, a judge sure, overturning this, some drug rulings? Yeah, this comes from CBSMiami.com. Um, and apparently, a Miami Dade Circuit Court judge ruled Wednesday that Florida's drug possession charge was illegal and agreed to dismiss the possession charges against 39 people. So to, so to kind of reiterate is... that, he, he, he stated that the law about possession charges is illegal in itself. I see. <clears throat> uh, don't expect a mass exodus from the jails just yet. The judge said uh, that his order, he's given the order uh, a week to give the state time to uh, appeal to the third district court. I bet they're going to do that too. I'm sure they are. In fact, uh, uh, Charles Nanny. Um, he's the Miami Dade. I love that name. That's hilarious. <laughs> he is such a nanny. Um, he's a uh, in. He's head of the Narcotics Bureau. Said that it was a setback and would send the wrong message. Charles Petty Tyrant Nanny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this will encourage drug use. It's the gateway to other crimes. Nanny what? said, adding that the judge was practicing judicial activism. And in a way, I guess he was. But go for him. I. <laughs> I am stunned by this. I'm stunned too. I don't know that this is a turnaround or anything. Yeah. Are you stunned by the fact that the judge is making uh, is turning over this law, or right. by the fact that this guy thinks that 
marijuana is a gateway to other crimes. No, well, I'm stunned at that as well, but I'm absolutely stunned. I've never heard really of any judge deciding that he shouldn't prosecute drug cases. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just unheard of. So good for him. Yeah. You well, know, if and the only thing that makes uh, marijuana a gateway drug is the fact that it's illegal. And and the government has found with their own studies that this is true. If there's a gateway effect, that gateway effect exists because it's illegal. So therefore, if for instance, uh, and it's easy to get. It, yeah, it's very easy to get. You know, kids go and buy marijuana and then their drug dealer says, "Hey, want some whatever and offers that to them too so that's the gateway effect and it's not like you're talking about kids you know smoking pot and going out and uh, boosting cars or something yeah I mean, that right. doesn't happen that is absolutely an effect of my of ga- my illegal. gateway drug was tobacco i smoked cigarettes first and my second but was they can't alcohol be a gateway because they're, they're right. those are legal but if the <laughs> logic is that if you start doing one drug you'll do others mine was technically tobacco and then alcohol before i tried pot yep sure so wouldn't tobacco or um, alcohol be considered gateway drugs then? I always say that. If people bring up gateway drugs, I say mine's tobacco. Well, we can't make those illegal because we've been through prohibition and we know what happens, Mark. Right. We're smarter than that now. Anyway, uh, Mary Poppins here continues. It's got a... It's going to have a chilling effect on crime. What does oh. chilling effect on crime mean? Isn't that what we want on crime? Don't yes. we want crime to chill? Yes. <laughs> Almost, Me too. Almost every person shot on the street in drive-by shootings is drug-related, so you're sending a message to citizens of Dade County, let's do more drugs. Well, the, okay, wow. so the people that are shot are drug-related, but they're illegal drug-related. Right. And Nobody's shooting each other over right, aspirin. Right. The, well, and, and the people, you know, in the Budweiser and the, and, and the Miller Lite uh, trucks, they aren't shooting at each other from their uh, big beer trucks. They've, they, they just live their lives and drive their stuff around and everything works fine. It's the fact that the stuff is illegal that causes these problems. Mm-hmm. Right. This nanny guy doesn't seem to understand that we've we've seen this before. We know what prohibition does and people cannot make the connection that illegal drugs it's it's a prohibition and the reason why there's all this violence associated with drugs is because they're illegal. It drives the price up mm-hmm. on a on a personal use level, robberies and things like that. Nobody's robbing liquor or convenience stores because of alcohol use because you can work a job and afford it but if you're a crackhead or a heroin addict and you need money lots of it because it's expensive you know that's what that's when people are pushed to do things these violent crimes like robberies and and everywhere you look where they've uh pulled back these drug laws like portugal recently or amsterdam for example i mean the heroin addicts can function at least you know they're still addicts they still have a lot of problems but you know they're they're getting by in life. They're not. They don't have to rob people. Violent crime has gone down. Right. Crime crime right. decreases, and believe it or not, drug use decreases. <gasps> now I, I'm I'm sure that there's a spike in drug use immediately when they make the things legal. I would say it's a small spike though, because most people who want to do drugs do that. Already, yeah, yeah. And who knows that spike isn't just people, you know. Uh, admitting to it because yeah. finally they can they can that be much open is true. about it that much is, is certainly quite possible but the evidence is overwhelmingly if you believe that pe- by legalizing drugs more people will do drugs apparently you are wrong because in the places that they have decriminalized drug use drug use has decreased especially in the younger demographics so please don't whip out what about the children on me <laughs> well you're welcome to call and talk about to talk about this if you want if you're a drug warrior you think that drugs should be illegal i'm i'm interested in hearing what you have to say cuz i have yet to hear a good argument on it
Yeah. Well, there, fortunately, there is a voice of reason down there, and this comes from a defense attorney, Jonathan Jordan. Currently, he's representing a little over a dozen people on drug possession-related charges, and he says, it's not okay to do drugs. That's not the message that the judges are trying to send. Uh, they, were, they just want people to have their constitutional rights protected. I, and I would like to interject and say, you know, it is okay to do drugs sometimes if you choose to. You can use drugs responsibly. Why do they have drug stores if right. drugs aren't okay to use? I hate that <laughs> statement. And, and, you know, people, when people make the arguments for things, they right. have to take this politically correct stance right. like drugs are not okay. I'm going to just go above that and say, you know, Sometimes, if they're right for you, drugs are okay. You can use them responsibly. You know, it's the same argument that would be had for alcohol. I mean, it was one of the most deadly drugs in the world, and people claim that it's okay. They seem to think it's okay. It's not okay to drive, and I don't think it's okay to imbibe drugs Even and drive. Even though for 50 years prior to uh, the signing of Prohibition, people were saying it's not okay to be drunk. They it's certainly were. It's on society. The, uh, the temperance movement was uh, huge. Let's go to Frank in New York. Frank? Frank, can you hear me now? I thought I had Frank here. Frank? We'll just uh, put Frank on hold, and maybe okay. we can get back to him. Well, I'd like to build on something you said, Julia, about how uh, the idea that drugs can never be okay, uh, and that sending out that message is kind of a bad thing. Because I'm going to speak from personal experience here that marijuana probably saved my life. I probably would have killed myself as a teenager if I hadn't become a pothead. Well, explain that to me. I had terrible uh, anxiety problems. Like, I would just go into fits. I would start shaking. I would feel the weight of the world on my uh shoulders you know like i nothing could make me comfortable you know it would either be too hot or too cold or i wouldn't want to listen be hearing whatever music was on you know like everything like constant state of upset constant yes and i like i started smoking marijuana uh self-medicating i'll say and i calmed down immediately uh i it helps like instantly as soon as you smoke it now to add to this they had they had him on some prescription drugs Zoloft. and you chose <laughs> on your own to stop taking it and you know from what i know about prescription drugs like i i think that you made the right decision because I, I think it's terrible getting like well, young kids hooked on these prescription now, drugs. Now I see the Zoloft commercials, and it says uh, not for anyone under eighteen, which I was at the time. Yeah, and, like, you were I remember like twelve it would make me or nauseous. thirteen. It would make me not hungry. Um, it would uh, it killed my sex drive, which is terrible when you're a teenager. You know. Well, you were, were you having sex at twelve? I was trying to, Mark. Right, I yeah. understand. <laughs> you were trying to. I got, I got you, brother. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> the, <laughs> But, uh, you know, these, I've heard of people taking, and, and dif- different ones of these drugs are different, but it's funny. Some of these depression drugs cause depression and even suicide. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, what? what? Yeah, that's a warning on the on the commercials, too. If you start to f- feel negative thoughts of suicide, you know, please call your doctor immediately. And I, I have yet to hear what the side effects are of marijuana. Some people eh. say it'll make you lazy. You get but- hungry. Yeah, there's, there's, there's certainly sometimes there's you're unmotivated. Snackers. Sometimes you miss your turn when you're driving somewhere. Yeah, yep. uh, I, I can I can attest. Shouldn't drive while smoking. I just, yeah, I just gotta say, kids, don't drive while uh, using any drug. Yeah, I, I can attest to this personally. Most people probably don't know this, but Chris and I are actually siblings. Oh, that's right. Yes, and I didn't, um, I didn't mention. That. Well, what, one thing that I noticed was that when he started smoking pot, was that it really chilled him out. He was very angry, and he's like oh, yeah. the least angry person you know now. When I tell that people that, true. they don't believe me. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE.
You know the U.S. dollar is devaluing. You can see it happening every day. You know a new currency will take over at some point. Wouldn't you like to be in on the ground floor? Bitcoins. They're a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world. Find out more at weusecoins.org. Don't be kicking yourself in the pants in a month. Your dollars are going down. Learn more about bitcoins at weusecoins.org. That's weusecoins.org. Free Talk Live. 855-453-free. It's a SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. Go check out freetalklive.com. We've got archives there for you going back for over five years. That's right, five years worth of free archives, all that audio content. You can do whatever you want with it. Use it, you know, put it on your MP3 player, take it to work with you. If you've got a job where you can listen all day or you commute or whatever, it's yours for the downloading at archives.freetalklive.com. No other radio show is going to do that for you. Archives.freetalklive.com. Ruger's new SR-40C is the compact version of the recoil-reducing striker-fired SR-40 pistol, one of the slimmest and most ergonomic full-sized 40 caliber pistols on the market today. The SR-40C is based on the same high-performance glass-filled nylon frame as those used on so many other great Ruger pistols, offering the same features, including a slim frame, short trigger reach, reversible backstrap, ambidextrous controls. The SR-40C features a throw-hardened stainless steel slide or alloy steel slide with Nitrodox Pro Black finish. You can see it at Ruger.com and purchase it at your local gun dealer. Again, Ruger.com. We've been talking about, well, um, just this judge in Florida that... May, said that the certain possession laws in the state were illegal, and, and they kind of talked about uh, different kinds of uh, you know drug legalization and that idea. So let's uh, go to Frank in New York. Frank, uh, good evening. How are you? Well, we I survived the earthquake this afternoon here in New York. <laughs> there was a you know, zero they, on the Richter scale. <laughs> they, they say it existed. I, I you know even even happened up here. I, I never felt it. I felt it. I felt it. I was actually uh, editing some text on my computer, and my uh, wall started to shake, and the ceiling started to buckle, and I got out of there very quickly. It lasted fourteen seconds, and. Uh, I said to my neighbor upstairs that, uh, you know, if I were in Los Angeles, this would have been an earthquake. And then I got back to my uh, uh, apartment, uh, plugged in the computer, turned on the Internet radio, and found out they were evacuating the Capitol in D.C. and also the Pentagon. Oh. And I was shocked to hear that. So uh, it was the epicenter in Washington, D.C.? Because if it was, Frank, I might now believe in a god. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what? All of the city was laid out with all those ley lines and things. If you look at the uh, sacred geometry of Washington, D.C., I mean, that was to, to be prevented, you know, with the uh, with sort of the uh, Masonic layout of the, uh, the city. Is it but a big pentagram or something? Said, pardon me? Is it a big pentagram or something? Yes, absolutely. And we have we have all sorts of things. We have the pentagram. We have the Star of David. We have everything. If you look at Washington from an aerial perspective, it's most interesting. However, I think they said it was about 40 miles from D.C. in Virginia, the epicenter. I see. But I have Probably to tell CIA you, I headquarters. Really, 
Yeah, well, you know what? I was thinking that. I wonder if Langley's playing around with harp or if they have one of those uh, reverse polarity uh, field wave generators that can cause all of those uh, problems that uh, certain countries have been uh, discussing privately. I won't mention the countries, but we know. If you find out for sure, Frank, you let us know, okay? (laughs) I shall. Oh, listen, I wanted to say that I think the drug laws should, drugs should be legalized provided you're over the age of 18, and uh, I think also they should be pure. They should be, in a sense, processed by corporations or pharmaceutical firms, but the prices should be kept low so that if someone is, you know, addicted to heroin or opium or something or morphine, they should be able to get it for, you know, maybe, you know, 50 cents, a dollar a hit or whatever. And since the power elite want to sort of thin the herd out. And we know that with deindustrialization, the chances of people having a living wage job, unless you're part of the very wealthy and powerful, is going to be non-existent over the next 20 years. I think it would be wise to, you know, provide the, the accessibility to those drugs. And also, as our system collapses, when the economy collapses and we have social upheaval and unrest, you don't want a lot of bright, articulate people saying, look, this, this person did this, it was this president that destabilized the financial institutions because of one, two, three, four. Let's change it. I think the power elite would be more concerned with, would be happier sort of seeing people sort of, uh, if there isn't work, let them be happy and sort of, you know. Uh, and I thought, too. I can see the point, industry. Frank, but, um, I mean, you know, the, 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 what the studies show is that when they legalize drugs, the drug use goes down. So if what they're That's hoping probably is... probably true. Is but that, if you have a tremendous economic crisis yep. pending and the social, social upheaval uh, imminent, what would be interesting... We could also create many, many hundreds of thousands of new jobs in drug counseling. So when people get sick and tired <laughs> of their high, they could have, uh, you know, government-supported drug counseling that would employ lots of people getting people off that. And what's interesting, if it were legalized and it were sanitary, you wouldn't have to have, you know, so much bad stuff in it to sort of fill it up. Uh, you could have That's very true. pure drugs. It could be healthy. It could be inexpensive. And uh, let's let's be honest. Since um, why should it be a crime? The CIA and MI6 and all these intelligence agencies for the last 60 years have been making money dealing illegal drugs worldwide. Well, that's why and it should. Governments do this. Frank, that's why it should remain democracy. illegal. So that those. Co- that's why it should remain illegal. So that those right, agencies can make a lot of money illegal. doing it. See, we, we can't have that hypocrisy. We have to, we should be more open, and we should make it legal. And then I have a feeling if it's going to be legal, a lot of people aren't going to want to do it. There's sort of a thrill to being an outlaw to some, in a to culture some extent. whereby... I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> to some extent, that's true. I mean, that's, uh, it's called the forbidden fruit factor, and it's, uh, it's absolutely what you're saying is true. Right, and put a tax on it. Let, let's generate some real revenue. If we're not going to put a Tobin tax on the financial transactions of Wall Street in the markets... You know, let's put a, a little tax on that and generate some real revenue. Well, I, I, like I don't I support said, any taxes ever, but I do suspect that if they do legalize drugs, the taxes will be in the works immediately. Um, as long as it's not patented and some company doesn't get some kind of monopoly on it, right. you're going to find that it's extraordinarily cheap in the same way that getting a cheap bottle of vodka, you know, the 1.75 liters you can get for 10 bucks, you'll okay. probably find that you can get, uh, you know, four or five or six uh, hits. I don't, I don't really know what, uh, yeah. you know, heroin is but of heroin for the same price. 
Well, you know what we could do, what could be done too? We should follow what the Scandinavian countries have been doing over the last 30 to 40 years, what the European nations have been doing, and even what little Switzerland was doing. Uh, you know, a, a percentage of the Swiss youth were addicted to heroin, but rather than criminalize it and make it dangerous, they allowed heroin to exist in the country. There were designated parks in Zurich and Geneva, known as needle parks, where the junkies could go out and sort of not be a burden on the community, and the police would come uh, with the social workers once a day and give clean needles so they wouldn't be spreading HIV and things. And you know what? Ultimately, we have to look at this. It's, it, we need to take this issue and make it humane. It can't be class warfare where we impose it on those that can least afford it and make those as a class outlaws. We have to be honest. And let's face it, our government has been so hypocritical in the 20th century, especially regarding illegal drugs. And it's time to abandon that hypocrisy and be honest. That's all I have to say. Thank you, Frank. 855-450-FREE. You can call in and talk about drugs. Call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. It's Free Talk Live. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. Call in, talk about what you want to talk about. Go to the website, post what you want to post. Freetalklive.com is as interactive as Free Talk Live is. You can go to the website, you can put whatever you want up there. Blog posts, uh, you know, news stories, vote them up, vote them down. Other people will vote them up, vote them down, and you, know, you can vote on theirs. It's one big happy voting family there at freetalklive.com. So I want you to go to learnliberty.org slash FTL and take a look at this video. It's who favors freedom more, liberals or conservatives? Professor Anthony Davey analyzes fundamental differences between liberals and conservatives. He proposes an alternative view of political policies and their impact on individual freedom. Go check out the video. It's learnliberty.org slash FTL. This is a great video to post on your Facebook wall so that uh, your friends who are really into the, uh, the the presidential race coming up, liberals and conservatives, can take a look at this and learn a little something about the political paradigm. It's learnliberty.org slash FTL. While you're there, check out the Liberty Academy link on the right. It's a course for people who want Free online continuing education in economics, philosophy, liberty, and rights. LearnLiberty.org slash FTL. Let's go to McFall in Pennsylvania. McFall? Hey, Mark. Um, just wanted to uh, report to your audience that uh, 
Agorism may be alive and well in New Hampshire, but it's at least crawling and gasping here in Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, for those who don't know, uh, agorism or agorism, uh, if you want to use the potato, potato, the more Greek version, yeah, <laughs> it's basically the idea that um, doing business in the black market, a peaceful business in the black market, with the uh, intention of building up networks of trust that can eventually. Um, replace the state. That's sort of the general idea of it. But in the meantime, you make a profit, so that's the benefit. Gotcha. Well, um, scrapping metal is pretty uh, pretty easy way to make some money on the side. Sure. Uh, I'm currently self-employed, not making a ton of money doing what I want to do, so I've just been doing odd jobs. And um, a friend of mine and I have been going to a scrapyard uh, cashing in our metal, you know, once or twice a week, and it, it pays the bills. But Pennsylvania just passed a new law back in 2008 that makes it or requires scrapyards to write down and report the license numbers uh, or the license plate numbers and driver's license uh, numbers of anybody who gets a haul worth over a hundred dollars. Over a hundred dollars? Good lord! That's quite a haul. It's a bag yeah. of cans. <laughs> a bag of cans. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's yeah. hundred bucks it's isn't that much, much in metal. Well, yeah, it's pretty much uh, anything over uh, anything over a thousand pounds you're going to get. Uh, even just sheet iron, which other than diecast stuff is the cheapest that comes. Yeah, that that'll oh. be over a hundred. So. I turned in some pipes um, and some copper pipes and copper wire from uh, building my house and got more than a more than a hundred bucks. Well, copper is more valuable yep. than most of the metals Indeed, out there, like yeah. like steel or aluminum, especially like you said, a bag of cans. A bag of cans is going to get you like five bucks. Okay, maybe I, apparently yeah. I'm wrong. A big, big, big bag of big, cans. Big old bag of cans. <laughs> All right, so go yeah, on with your story. Apparently, my uh, my my expertise in scrap metals is uh, somewhat debatable. Uh, I, I'd like to ask you a question, if I could. Um, why do you think the state of Pennsylvania is yeah, doing this? Um, because. For decades upon decades, probably since the beginning of the scrapping industry back in 1903, um, people have been, or 1913 when the income, wait, when was the income tax instituted? Under FDR, that's right. Well, and since the income tax, people have been skipping out on it uh, by doing little businesses on the side like this that uh, are cash, you know, gotcha. you don't get a paycheck and you don't have to report the income, uh, or at least nobody's reporting it for you. So... They figure they can get the businesses to do their dirty work. That's uh, what they do. I mean, in all cases, the government tries to get the, the – they they institute people as unpaid deputies to enforce their laws for them, whether it's sales tax where they tell businesses, look, you've got to pay me seven, seven cents on every dollar you sell and report to me how many dollars you've sold. And if you don't do it right, then we're going to come after you. So they ask you to yep. do it, and then they punish you if they if they don't think you've done it right. It, you know, that's work. It 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 costs time and money to do those that that kind of reporting, and they don't compensate you for that. The Fourteenth Amendment says that there's there shall me be no involuntary servitude, but the government asks that from you constantly. It breaks its own laws every day. Yep, it does. Well, some people apparently aren't having any of it because. Uh, my friend and I, we just scrapped a big above-ground pool last week. It was mostly steel, but also aluminum. Yeah, a lot steel of aluminum. Steel 13 cents a pound. Aluminum 55 cents a pound, so you, you get a lot of money out of that. Mm -hmm. So we go over there, and uh, we made well over $100. 
and this isn't the first time that this has happened. It's just the first time that I figured out what was going on. Um, you drive up on the scale. They ask you to sort out one kind of metal. Then you drive up on another scale, sort out a different kind until all of your different kinds of metal are, are gone. And then they tally it up. And then when we went to pick up our cash, I noticed that they had three different receipts for us. And what they had done was they had split our uh, our take in three parts so that uh, it would not exceed $100. Gotcha. So there's so, uh, a little trick that the, uh, the the metal place has in order to keep people below 100 bucks because 100 bucks is the reporting height or whatever. Yep, and uh, it, it can be pretty lonely here in western Pennsylvania for a uh, – a pro-liberty person, but uh, at least at least it's not completely barren. And <laughs> I don't know. I, this, I don't know if this has to do with liberty as much as it has to do with just people acting towards their incentives and the government once again failing to properly incentivize people. Well, I think it does because in the employee parking lot, there's two people with Ron Paul stickers. That's a good thing. It's just a theory, but I think it might be the case. Couldn't hurt. Libertarians do love metal. They just love it. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> McPaul, Useful thanks stuff. for the call. Give us a call at Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. You know, I, you know I, I've, I, don't, I wonder why the phenomenon is as far as libertarians liking metal. But, they, you know, it's, it's interesting. They like to do business in metals, whether it's – I've seen it. I've seen it done in um, ingots of uh, aluminum before, people doing business in ingots of aluminum. How much would an ingot of aluminum be worth? Like a penny? No, it's it's I guess higher quality aluminum okay. and it's solid, so it's it's worth something. It's certainly sure, worth sure. more than a um, a uh, a penny, but you know I I don't know what the, the business that was done, in, but I've seen it. I've seen like rhodesium coins, you know, yeah. like at Troy ounces and stuff, which are worth even more than gold. I think it's rhodesium. It's it's the, one of those. There's several different of them out there: sure, palladium, sure. platinum, and, and and rhodesium and things like that. It's interesting the, yeah. the different types of metal. I collect scrap. I used to do it more uh, when I was a technician because I could get it more readily. You know, I could just take copper out of machines and uh, aluminum. I got plenty of aluminum, but uh, I saved up aluminum for two years and got thirty bucks, and I was kind of pissed about that. It does depend when you trade it in. Uh, one thing I was thinking about after I had told my little story is I did go at the very height of a sort of uh, metal uh, jump mm. in prices, so I I couldn't tell you what copper is trading. I couldn't tell you any of that stuff. I, don't uh, pay I think it's four twenty four fifty right now a pound. I know better than yeah. I. Yeah. Uh, if you want to get some metals, uh, silver and gold, we've got them at uh, gold.freetalklive.com. I've been buying silver and gold uh, during th- these markets because I think they're going to continue to go up because I'm pretty sure the federal government's going to continue to print money. And that's going to continue to devalue the currency. So therefore, at the very least, as a hedge against inflation, people are running into uh, gold and silver. Since they're running into it as a hedge against inflation, it's driving up the cost because the demand's higher. And we're entering some kind of uh, you know bull run on gold and silver. Yeah. I, and it's even not as high as it has been historically. Um, it's less than 1% of the population or only 1%. I, th- I forget which one is buying gold right now. The um, as I understand it, if you sort of uh, equate it for you know the, the 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 real dollar, which is I guess the nineteen sixty four dollar or something, I don't know mm-hmm. exactly what it is. But if you adjust it for inflation, the gold and silver aren't even at their heights that they've been at before. Right. So uh, gold.freetalklive.com. You can give us a call at eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Free Talk Live.
Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line. Are you tired of watching the value of the dollar plummet? Are you tired of banks charging you fees? Do you want to take back control of your own money? Take a look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized, anonymous internet currency. It's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use Bitcoins anywhere in the world. And their value, well, you know, they're two and a heck of a lot better than the dollar is. <laughs> You'd learn more. Visit weusecoins.org. That's weusecoins.org. It's Free Talk Live. You can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. Looks like Jordan Saskatchewan wants to talk about fashion. Jordan? Uh, I'm here to talk about Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber. The Beeb. Yes. <laughs> Our we favorite. We were just talking about Justin Bieber earlier. Um, we love his hair. It's, it's, is his hair as exciting as it used to be? Because, I mean, it's kind of d- diminished in popularity <laughs> at this point, right? I mean, like his hair's been around for years now. Yeah, well, it's just hot. Okay. <laughs> what precisely about his hairstyle makes you hot, as it were? <laughs> uh, um... I don't know. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> is there anything else about the Beeb you like besides his hair? I mean, he's he's not a bad dancer and appears to be a pretty good businessman to boot for like his a, shoes are amazing. Shoes. Shoes. You know, I got to say, it's important to, if you're going to be a well-dressed man, shoes are important things to look at. But, um, you know, I think he's hit his tra- target market, uh, the Beeb. You know, he's really, uh, he's hitting that, yeah. uh, the, the, the tween and teen uh, Doesn't model. do it for me. Well, no, it's a little young for myself, but mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> that's, it, it, you'd take the money if it were preferred, oh, would, you, would you not? Absolutely. Well, Jordan, um, anything else about the Beeb you'd like to mention? Um, just that I love him so much. Well, you know, perhaps we, perhaps you can cut out this little section of the uh, show and email it to him he'll he'd probably really like the fact that he got uh, a little mention on free talk live a little plug thanks i Jordan. don't know his email <laughs> i don't either i'm justin sorry at justinbieber.com that try okay. that try justin try the beeb if that doesn't work <laughs> the beeb at justinbieber.com beaver boy <laughs> nice hair 5000 <laughs> well you know i mean <laughs> julia did you have uh, a crush when you were um on on some particular Boy, I'm sure. You can't remember what I I love Carrie Underwood. I have to say, Carrie Underwood is when I was young. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I I guess, and that doesn't bother me, even though I hate pop country because she Mm -hmm. has a nice sounding voice Mm -hmm. and she's beautiful. I I remember liking Belinda Carlisle probably a little too much. Yeah, Mm. (laughs) she was from the Go Go's. Does anyone know what I'm talking about here? Yeah, Uh, you know, she was also in the Runaways with uh, Joan Jett and Lita Ford. I, apparently, you know more about Belinda Carlisle than I do. <laughs> yeah. she, she had a solo career. Yeah. Um, br- briefly, uh, I don't know really much else about it. Julia, you're not going to confess? Well, I, I went through like a brief period where I liked the Backstreet Boys when I was really young. 
it didn't last long. And I don't remember really liking a specific one. I kind of thought they were all hot. Mm-hmm. You'd, you'd have taken any Backstreet yeah. Boy that yeah. happened to come along the way. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. suspect there's more than one young girl that felt exactly the same. What do you think you would have done with them? Because this is, I, I think that, you know, I think boys probably have a pretty good idea what they would do with girls if they had the opportunity. I'm not 100% sure what young girls I- would do. With young boys. I, I mean, wish I, I could remember, you know, what I was thinking at that age. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it was like maybe ki- maybe kissing. I bet. You know what I mean? I bet. Just a little kissing yep. or something. But I, <laughs> I really don't remember what I was thinking at that age. You just thought they were hot. Yeah. Just motivated by them visually. Yes. Yeah. I, you know. <laughs> Pretty people are nice to look at. I, I you know, I've... <laughs> I had a situation where I, I guess I was going into high school, maybe I was a freshman or something like that, and some girls that were oh, probably reaching middle school age were uh, you know, coming to see me at the comic book store where I worked. And you know, I just kind of wondered what would they do if they had the opportunity. I mean, they were just sort of, you know, giggling girls and you know, but I I, I was kind of befuddled. I, I guess it's more just an instinct, kind of a compulsion. I'm thinking that's what it is. Yeah. I'm thinking that's what it is. Uh, speaking of uh you know, people, attractive people that everybody liked to talk about, let's talk about Ron Paul. <laughs> You know, there is a really cute picture on the internet that I uh, saw yesterday of Ron Paul, and it's a baby like grabbing Ron Paul's face and kissing him. And, it, yeah. and the caption is, politicians kiss babies. Babies kiss Ron Paul. Yep, I saw that one. And it is the darned cutest <laughs> picture ever. And he's got the happiest big smile on his face. Yep. This is a guy who's a, you know, OBGYN. He's delivered more babies than he's... He's seen more, uh, you know, vag than anybody has seen, and <laughs> you know, he he just loves children, and sure. I just I was just uh, I was touched by it. Yeah, I, it is a great picture and, and like a great little uh, little word uh, blurb to go with it. I mean, like that's just such a great sales pitch. Indeed. So there's a uh, there's a little there's some some poll out here, and I thought it was uh, kind of interesting. It's. Essentially, what would happen today if people had to vote against Barack Obama and whomever? We're reasonably certain the Democratic nominee is going to be Barack Obama. It's still up in the air who the Republican nominee is, and uh, the choices are Mitt Romney, Rick Perry, Ron Paul, and Michelle Bachman. So Gallup, it's hard to argue. Is that that our top tier now? Apparently, they're calling Ron Paul top tier because (laughs) the media got scolded enough about Ron Paul not being called top tier. By a fake news organization from Comedy Central. (laughs) Indeed. So, um, you know, I think that's I think it's fair. He should be considered top tier. He um, he comes in this poll higher than uh, Michelle Bachman. So. Basically, uh, Mitt Romney is apparently uh, 48 to 46, beating Barack Obama. Rick Perry is 47 to 47, tying with Barack Obama. Ron Paul is 45, 47, being beaten by Barack Obama. And uh, Michelle Bachman is 44, 48, being beaten by Barack Obama. And th- what this says to me is this is the margin of error, essentially. This, these numbers are separated by 4%, and it's anyone's game at this point. Also, something that you really have to consider is that these these are registered voters, and you're t- so you're talking to a lot of Main Street Republicans, and Main Street Republicans are kind of like your average Republican who doesn't vote in primaries. Primaries are decided by people who are far more 
motivated. People who are hardcore libertarians, people who are hardcore moral majority types, and, and the moral majority appears to be split three ways between Romney, uh, Perry, and, and Bachman, certainly between Perry and Bachman. So it's interesting that today Ron Paul would have a very good shot of beating Barack Obama in the election. I've seen ones where he's tied him, and I've actually seen ones where um, uh, Ron Paul has beaten Obama. But this is this is just interesting that they show them all right here together. It's a powerful statement about, well, essentially we're going to have uh, – likely going to have a Republican president if things don't, uh, don't, don't change is what this says right. to Isn't me. that what generally happens though? You know, there was the Republicans and everyone complained about all the damage they did. So then we got a Democrat in and the damage just keeps adding up. It just cu- yeah, accumulates yeah. over and time. It doesn't – Wasn't Mitt Romney the – the governor of Massachusetts who passed yes. Romney Care, yes, right. So that's going to be a really tough thing for him to get around. And Perry is the one who backed down on the uh, TSA thing, and that's going to certainly come out. Uh, the Ooh, t- yeah. The, yeah, the the where the and Texas, Texas. Was, yeah. yeah, they they wanted to opt out as a state, right? Bachman is a is a tax attorney who's going to you know, ruin people's <laughs> lives of this stuff and then says she's for lower taxes. Yeah. I mean, who's going to trust that? So that's yeah, yeah. Uh, who's been consistent, you know, over. A good portion. That's exactly it, is Ron Paul's consistent. I mean, there's certainly things that they can trot out something on everybody. Oh, sure. Ron Paul's yeah. got there stuff There are things can, about Ron Paul I don't like, you know, that I've heard. Uh, right. I mean, you know, his his views on um, homosexuality have a, uh, seem to have matured over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and his views on race, apparently, he was certainly sullied by some racial comments back 20 years ago. And I'm sure that'll get trotted out if he gets. Well, he there are websites. It's uh, racist. Democrats and it has quotes of like people like Hillary Clinton saying racist things. Oh, yeah. You know? And like they're not outed as racists, even though. Well, I think everybody can be taken out of context. Sure, and, yeah. sure. I don't, I'm not sure that entirely these, uh, I'm not sure that they were Ron Paul's quotes. They were all sort of surrounding Ron Paul. Uh, he was very adept at this, but uh, there are some pretty, pretty damning quotes out there. But, you know, his uh, his views on homosexuality are that. He thinks that gay marriage should be left to the states. Marriage should be left to the states, and then states should have to, through the Constitution, they have to honor the contracts of other states. So therefore, you know, one state legalizes gay marriage, it should be legal in all of them. And, and he knows what his uh, his constituency is about, and his constituency isn't going to go for him saying anything against gays or, or whatever. Sure. So, um, And he's also really softened his line on immigration from 2008. Um, so, you know. It's, I think that's a uh, – for me, that's a position that matters because I don't like this whole, well, let's get them Mexicans and lock them up it's kind of talk. Did you right, see right. that story about the um, the illegal uh, alien in New Mexico who saved that little girl? I've actually got it in show prep really? here. Yep. Uh, that's apparently a New Mexico hero who saved a little girl happens to be illegal. Hmm. They're such bad people. Yeah. We've had people say that murder get them out dog of here. eaters, you know, whatever they say. Free talk – excuse me. Free talk live, 855 855- Four five zero three seven three three. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Porcupine Realtor. Do you want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin, any takers for renters, buyers, and sellers too? Mark Warden is the guy for you. PorcupineRealtor.com
855-450-3733. I didn't push the right button. Mm. <laughs> it's Mark. And Luther. And Julia. Call in. It's Free Talk Live. Talk about whatever you want to talk about. We will go right into the calls because it's Free Talk Live. Let's go to Bill in Indiana. Bill? Uh, hello. Hey. What would you like to talk Thanks about? Thanks for taking my call. Sure, you're welcome. Well, I'd like to know. If, I'd like to know if Julia would rather scissor Bachman or get railed by Obama. And I'd like to invite you all to teabag. Okay. Kid Chris. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, to be honest, I've never seen Bachman. I don't like politics, and I don't follow political news, so I don't know what she looks like. Okay, I guess that was. Uh, was think, that just to I think be we got crude? Pranked, yeah. Well, was that I, just to be crude? I guess. I guess he was trying to see whether or not we'd handle it. I, you know, I. I but there you we, go. we can handle that. Well, you know, it's what what can I say? I can handle it. So I choose Obama. <laughs> Who do I think is the sexiest of the uh, the people running? I'm going to go ahead and answer that too. You know, I gotta say, uh, well, I'm heterosexual, so I'll take Bachman um, of the uh, <laughs> the five that are here. You know, she's not she's not bad. I'm going to look at her, you know, right Palin, now. her age. Palin kind of has like the naughty secretary. Look I'd going rather for get her. you know if yeah. I if I had the option between uh, say uh, Clinton, uh, Palin, oh. and oh, Bachman. <laughs> Clinton. <laughs> no, no, thank you. I'd say everybody well, universally agrees him, on that one. There's no contest when it comes to Bill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, you know, okay, <laughs> it's free talk live. You really can call in and talk about whatever you want. Let's go to Dennis in New York. Dennis? Yeah, I just wanted to talk about the one time I got finger-banged by Kid Chris. Uh, he finger-banged me. Yes. Oh, God. Hot soup. Hot soup. Hot soup. Ah, hot soup. Hot soup. Well, are you just going to keep saying the same thing over again? Is that clever? Penis. Penis. Well, there yeah. go. It's, apparently, he's going to up it. All right, let's go to. I know they all came. <laughs> in, caller number they three. They all came in at the same time. <laughs> Lay it on me, James. Jeff, well, I can I can I even can I even compete with that? Those were some top shelf calls. Yes. Uh, indeed, <laughs> full of wit and irony. <laughs> mind mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> Oh jeez, I can't even uh, talk political. Uh, can we can we talk about teen idols again? <laughs> we can. Um, if you had your choice between uh, Clinton, <laughs> Bachman, and Palin, which one would you take? I'm assuming you're heterosexual. If not, you can answer the Romney, Obama, uh, Rick Perry, or Ron Paul question. Well, yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm interested in meeting this kid, Chris guy. He sounds like somebody, whoever the heck they were talking about. I, they might have been talking about Chris here. I don't know. I don't. Uh, maybe not. I don't know who yeah, kid that, Chris. That is my real name. I just no, used kid Luther Chris on the air. is some kind of DJ, washed up DJ on the West Coast. I've heard about him. Oh, okay. They've called oh, in about wow, him before. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, you wet dreams you have about him or what? I, I don't uh, know anything about that. I, guess, uh, <laughs> I knew yeah, it. Maybe <laughs> they do. Yeah, uh, I well, let, the only thing I know, uh, I know there's a teen idol group coming up out of Atlanta called the Beat Offs. They take, uh, they do cover songs. They make a lot of stuff. They, their lead singer is Thomas. He's a small Asian man afraid of snakes. Uh, How do you know, know that about him? Is, is that one of the Chris. magazines? Like, are you reading Tiger Beat about Thomas? <laughs> What's that? Are you uh, reading yeah, Tiger yeah, Beat? Be, uh, yeah, definitely Tiger Beat. Uh, uh, what's the female's name there? I, was gonna, if you don't know, I'm not going to tell you. I mean, you got to do your job. Wow, when you're going to crank well, people, of... do your freaking job. Well, no, I'm not pranking. I'm sitting here pinching my school. All right, pinch away. 
We are going to get it tonight. Awesome. <laughs> Lay it on me. I love this stuff. It's fine so by me. I'm actually looking at pictures of Michelle Bachman for the first time, and I got to say that she isn't unattractive horribly, mm-hmm. but she does have like no soul in her eyes. Right. <laughs> she's, a, she's a bit of a plastic she's looking, looking gal, past me. but she's a politician. I mean, take a look at Romney. He's put her next to him. You know, I mean, these two could be have a soulless marriage. Let's go to John in Indiana. <laughs> oh, dear. Please prank me, John. John in Indiana. She's apparently not going to do to talk at all. John, are you there? Yes. You, okay. You, hear, you don't hear me? I hear you now, John. No. Okay. Uh, yeah, something different. Okay. Um, I was going to talk about an incident that happened here to me uh, recently, uh, a few days ago. I was out walking near my house and just out walking by myself. Uh huh. And I'm approached by a, a police car where the cop pulls up. John? Uh, and I, okay. So I asked, is there a problem? What, uh, it sounds like you have maybe a bad connection or some uh, bad signal. There's, yeah, there's some audio. In, there's, a, there's a little bit of breakup, just a little bit of audio issue. Just uh, speak directly into your phone. And, and um, So the cop pulls up. At, you ask, is there some kind of problem? Yeah, and he just, I've been in this area, and this is how police work works. And uh, he seemed pretty aggressive, and I didn't want to argue it. And because uh, he, he seemed like he... He'd get pretty angry, so I just started looking for it. I figured, get it, give it to him, and he'll go away. And what? What were you looking for? The ID? Oh, oh, an ID. I see. Yes, he just demanded an ID. So okay, gotcha. I, I started looking for it, and uh, I could find my gun permit, but he that wasn't good enough for him. Okay. Uh, I didn't have my state ID or driver's license or anything like that. Any kind of photo ID, and uh, he was insistent that I had to have a photo ID. I hear later on that that's not actually required. Uh, somebody else nearby, this uh, this neighbor nearby comes running over showing that he has an ID. This is what you got to have. And he goes, see, that's what you have to have. So then he starts, he grabs my wallet and dumps it out and starts going through it. And then starts going through my pockets, pulling stuff out. And, uh, and he, he found some, I had some caffeine pills and some aspirin. Uh-huh. And, and, he, and then he starts saying, oh, you got prescription drugs without a prescription. I'm going to charge you with drug possession here too and for not having an id and uh, and then and then after he goes through my he's going through my stuff and he goes back to his car and then another cop comes out and he's he pulls me over at about that time and just handcuffs me and the other cop is standing there keeping an eye on me and while he while the, the guy that approached me he's back in his car doing whatever and uh it at, at that point it he, he, I'm pretty much arrested for whatever. I didn't know what it was. I'm at, at the, I'm arguing with the uh, other guy for a while about he's uh, insistent that I, I, I say is this is this something I could just go and ask somebody else? Is, do you see any inconsistencies with you just coming up to me demanding for and I'm not out here hurting anybody? And he's talked about how he's a cop and he's trained by the state and right. all that and I'm asking what all that means. I'm special. I can I can demand pieces of paper from I can demand your papers and you must turn them over. <laughs> That's my Schwarzenegger yeah, well, well, I, Nazi. I kept going with him and he really had nowhere to go. And I, I and I even brought up the uh the whole when he was talking about well I'm just doing my job here. I don't I I, I enforce the laws, I don't make them and uh this wasn't the guy that arrested me. But 
uh, and, and I even brought up uh, Nazi Germany. I said, well, they were just doing their job, too, and a lot of them had more experience than you. And um, But later on, after I uh, – they take me to jail and – They took you to jail? Yeah, they, they arrested me there. That For having was, some aspirin and um, not having an ID on you while you walked? Yes. Crazy. And then when I get to the jail, I, they didn't really say what I was – he didn't say you're under arrest for this. And then when I get there, they're processing me, and they say, you're charged with obstructing traffic. And for I walking. was on the sidewalk. Were you on the sidewalk? Yeah, okay. And, yeah, so, well, and I, and I figure – he was accusing me of a lot of things, and, I, and it, the, the way it is is – Everything they're accusing me of is stuff they're doing. And they were the right. ones blocking traffic with their cars out in the middle of the road. Uh-huh. I'm on the sidewalk. They're charging me with obstructing traffic. That's what I was, That's the only thing I was ended up being charged with. And uh, when, when I uh, – and, and then they said, well, this is typically a $500 uh, bond to get out. And, but they said, oh, you qualify for something. I don't remember what it was. Release on your own uh, cognizance. Since I don't have any prior convictions, I, I, I assume. And but when I I get out I go, I go home and I Google this guy's name and I find out that he has been charged multiple times the top for felony assault and criminal mischief. My God, it's, it, it's, a, it's a common a, story. I hear it all the time. It happened to a friend of mine. Something similar happened recently, just last week. John, this crazy story. Uh, thanks for calling in and sharing it with us. Um, wow, it's, it's nuts. Free Talk Live eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. The Free State Project, it is a movement to get, well, 20,000 liberty-loving individuals to move to one state. We won't stop at 20. Right now, we're at about 1,000, and, you know, if more than 20,000 liberty-loving individuals want to move to New Hampshire, we won't stop them. But there have been a lot of successes up to this point, and... I expect as more people move, we'll have a lot more. Find out more at freestateproject.org. Go over there, sign up if you believe in the ideas of liberty, and get your butt up to New Hampshire. It's freestateproject.org. I'll tell you real quick about the listening options for Free Talk Live. You can listen on the live streams, the radio, the cam, the satellites, the webcam, listen lines. You can find all the options and ways to get to them at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com freetalklive.com. Let's go directly into the calls with uh, Ryan in Virginia. Ryan? Hey, guys. What's happening? Uh, yeah, I was, I'm, I'm calling to, to talk about uh, sort of philosophy, uh, maybe, uh, or the ideas behind things. Um, I've been listening. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a guy who does 
loves liberty, but I've been thinking about it lately, and okay. I, I, I keep finding holes or things or. Problems. I'd love to hear some holes. Oh no, I, I'm not worried about holes, but um, I've been listening also to the the, the radical left lately as well. Okay, it, it's ama- it's amazing sort of how the the overlap between the two is. There are certainly um, some overlaps. Uh, significant ones. Uh, I think actually, I mean, honestly, I think philosophically, the the, the major difference between uh, radical libertarianism and and radical leftism, at least as it's sort of practiced in left anarchist almost America, um, is sort of the idea that we have um, responsibilities to groups larger than ourselves that we don't necessarily choose. Yes. Self ownership is really the uh, the, the what it, what it boils down to. If it does, yeah. So, so basically, I believe that I own me because I can control my arms and my legs, and ownership is a an issue of control. Whereas uh, you know, people who would be you know just on sort of the radical left would believe that uh, they you know that that whatever they consider important, whatever groups they consider important, in fact, own me. That I have responsibilities to people who perhaps uh, you know for whatever reason, can't or don't want to take care of themselves. Not to say that I don't spend time taking care of people that uh, can't take care of themselves. I just don't think that uh, the government... I think that an organization that has a monopoly because they can use force on you, that organization is probably not going to be very efficient. Perhaps. Um, but I guess the, the sort of the intersection there and the point that it starts to get interesting, maybe, um, is to... Is uh, that maybe uh, some decisions should be made more on the basis of the fact that you are a person as opposed to how much money or that sort of influence you might have? Well, what kind uh, of influence does uh, money give one in a world of uh, liberty? Oh, uh, market forces. Okay, so you can buy. You, so I see. So you're saying that uh, people with uh, their wealthy can buy better, say, medical care than people who are not. Um, that not specifically. Um, okay. But yeah, that, that's that's something that I think about a lot. I mean, um, let's let's for instance say um, if you think that uh, a particular uh, seatbelt, a safety feature, okay. is important to you. Um, in a purely libertarian society, you would you would buy a seatbelt, but they would probably be significantly more expensive if the you know thrust the impact throughout society was smaller. So you're saying but, that because people wouldn't be forced to buy seatbelts, that seatbelts would cost more because the demand wouldn't be as high. Is that the claim? Uh, per unit, you know, there'd be it, less units it, out there. It would probably be true, um, but at some point, for instance, cars don't have to come with radios. The government doesn't mandate that cars come with radios, but people want them enough that almost all cars come with radios. And if you don't want a radio in your car, you actually have to ask the dealer to take it out. So if the demand is high enough, it's just cheaper to put the product in, and then people will live with it. That is absolutely true. And now I feel like I've backed myself into a corner. Okay. But, um, but you could use a different example. <laughs> I know. I, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to come up with one now that I've uh, totally lost my, my bearing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and MSC. Um, well, I, I, I'd but, like to uh, just. But, but, yeah. 
I'd like to interject real quick that I think uh, you made a great observation on your first point that there are similarities between the uh, radical left and libertarianism because it's it's funny. A lot of times the radical left will say that we're just uh, conservative nutbags um, is usually the term they'll use. But, you know, Julia and myself, we came from a liberal background um, when we were younger and we came into libertarianism through that. Absolutely, and I sort of did myself, which is makes it weird that I'm sort of flirting with the radical. I don't know. It's 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 an interesting <laughs> set of ideas that we're all dealing with here today. Um, I guess what I'm thinking is that the ideas are more the the radical left and the libertarian ideas are more about power and to what extent it's legitimate for a group of people to exercise power to control other power groups that may have power that in a more um, well, okay. If you were, let me let me point something out that I've often uh, dealt with folks on the left about is you know their concern is corporations, corporations, corporations <laughs> like that they're you know these evil organizations out there and there's no doubt there are evil people that run corporations that um, you know certain corporations they you know they they're in bed with governments and all these things but if you take the power of the monopoly privilege and the use of violence that's government. So all you have to do is look up Barack Obama, and he'll he'll tell you um, on YouTube. Oh, Just yeah. look up monopoly privilege oh, use of violence. Oh, absolutely. And if you um, realize, yeah, there are market forces, and rich people can use the market more to their advantage than poor people. These are true statements, but. You know, when it when it boils down to it, when the when corporations or businesses, you, we would have no corporations with no state. The state oh, yeah. the state calls corporations corporations, but businesses would have far less power over the individual in a world where the you know there there is no state for what for the businesses to wield so that's the biggest it takes it takes well, away the biggest concern and then what they just talk about well rich people and rich people rich people and you know i i understand i have concerns but at the same time i'm not willing to steal from rich people because if you steal from rich people then you can steal from poor people if you can steal from poor people your claim is that you own the person's uh, money if you claim to own their money then you must own their time because they spent their time to get their money if you own their time you must own their body if you own them then they're your slave and all it is is slavery writ on a global scale which is which i I understand that uh, to back up two or three steps real quick okay um talking about um, power, uh, you were talking about corporations and the idea that uh, that companies, businesses would have, uh, conglomerations of people would have less power over consumers and other people in a, in a stateless society. Quick, quick, Ryan. Um, we've got uh, yeah. other callers. And I think, it's a, I think it's a really good idea, but I've never seen it work in practice. So well, you've never seen I radical don't... left work, the, the radical no, left work in power, e- in, in practice either. I have it, which is why I just need to talk about. <laughs> you can, so the, you're right. You, we haven't seen liberty because violence is so easy to use. Free, violence is easy to use. Free Talk Live. I, 
I've started playing a new online game. It's called Mine Things. It's a free online mining game. It's all in your browser. There's nothing to download. Your little mining robot guy can mine for you 24-7. You don't even need to be logged in. You compete with other players for resources and a capitalist economy. The virtually mined gold demonstrates the concept of sound money and is exchanged between players tax-free. They even accept bitcoins. Go to MineThings.com, use coupon code FTL, and double your mining speed. It's free. MineThings.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450 free. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line. It's Mark. And Luther. And Julia. Are you a cigarette smoker? I was, too, for many years. You know, cigarette smokers, they get a lot of cases of emphysema and lung cancer. These are things that, uh, well, you probably won't have to deal with if you smoke the e-cigarette. I guess not smoke. Use the e-cigarette. Vaporsmiths.com offers one of the best e-cigarettes on the market. Um, a pack-a-day smoker will save about $120 a month, and it tastes better. No more ashtray mouth, no smell, no secondhand smoke. You can use it just about anywhere. There's free shipping on all orders over 60 bucks, and you get a free starter kit with the purchase of 40 cartomizers. Since that's $69, you'll get free shipping. All you have to do is use coupon code FTL at Vaporsmiths.com or mention Free Talk Live when you call 855-2-GET-VAPOR. Vaporsmiths.com, coupon code FTL. 855-2-GET-VAPOR. Let's go to Angelica in New York. Angelica. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? All's well. What would you like to talk about, Angelica? Uh, we'd, uh, well, me and my friend here would like to talk about um, friendships. Friendships. Yes. Um, we just recently got in a really big fight with um, our friend. And we don't really know what to do. Okay, hold on. So you're, what you're saying is you and your friend got, in fi- got into a fight with another friend of yours? Yes. Okay. What was the fight over? Um, well, we went to the movies. Uh-huh. And um, she wouldn't um, sit with us because she wanted to sit with her other friend. So we got mad at her. Okay. Yeah. And um, so- did you ask her why she wanted to sit with her other friend? Uh, no, she didn't want to talk to us. Hmm, interesting. Well, you know, I mean, yeah. if she doesn't want to sit with you, maybe she doesn't want to be your friend. I don't know what to tell you. Okay. Do you bathe regularly? <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Every morning. We just want to cover all our bases. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Angelica. Let's go to, oh, Christian, Michigan. Oh, he dropped. Oh. Missed him. Frederick in Michigan. Frederick. Hey, guys. What's happening? Okay. What's happening? Well, uh, seeing as how the Department of Justice, Eric Holder, is that the Attorney General's name? I think that's his name, yeah. Yeah. It came out that uh, he authorized, even ordered, ATF, FBI, and uh, DEA to, I guess, sort of like the, the latest, uh, Iran-Contra thing uh, with uh, drugs and guns. They're uh. smuggling all those American-made uh, assault weapons uh, to the drug the drug lords in, in, Mexico. Uh, in Mexico and South America. And, you know, what, what really makes sense to me is that you got this uh, 
Wishlaton crime family of Crawford, Texas, that the the Christian American sheeple community have deified as though, you know, it's God's gift to uh, humanity, the Bushladen crime family. Uh Uh-huh. Well, isn't the uh, Obama crime fa- isn't the Obama crime family in on it since the holders working for him? Well, that's true. Okay, but they're all they're all puppets of the same puppet masters, right? Who's that? They're all puppets of the same puppet masters. Who's that? So anyway, you know what they're doing. You know when uh, William Jefferson Clintonista was a, was the governor of Arkansas, was it Helen Hunt, one of those lady journalists? in the, the District of Criminals, asked him about the Mena, Arkansas drug smuggling operation. Okay. And he actually came out and said that it was a federal operation, not a state operation. He had nothing to do with it. So what's, what's going on there is they're arming the various drug lords, you know, divide and conquer, get them, get them killing each other. And then, of course, let's not secure the southern border so that there will be uh, a constant uh, threat. How would you secure uh, the the southern border, Frederick? Because it's pretty this, big. This is a really difficult oh, scenario. Right. When um, you know, the, the, just recently there was another situation of another border guard getting yeah. caught for taking right. payoffs, and I can only imagine he's the one out of twenty that gets caught. Well, uh, bless you for saying that, uh, uh, brother. I, I would uh, I would recall all the U.S. A mercenary military from 138 countries shut down all the bases, uh-huh. bring them all home, and dispatch, you know, a sizable uh, whatever it takes to secure the border down there. But really, and, what's uh, the point in yeah, doing couldn't, that? Couldn't they just be bribed into, you know, turning a blind eye? I mean, soldiers get paid less than border guards do. Sure. Yeah. I, well, I unlike some people, I tend to believe that uh, the majority, the vast majority of people like us, including those who join the military, Who's believing us? that they're, you know, they're being patriotic. Uh, I never joined and, the military. You know, a lot of people who join the military join because they don't feel like they have other, other options. As a matter of fact, uh, recruitment's up since 2005 when it was quite low, when the economy was doing well. Recruitment's up in a bad economy. That says to me a lot of people join just because they don't feel like they have other options. Um, you know, And well, you've you got to consider there's a large percentage of people in the United States military that are of Hispanic origin. So they may, um, you know, there's, there's a certain level of uh, per, perhaps, uh, you know, uh, brotherhood with uh, folks that are trying to make a better life for themselves by coming to this country. Frankly, uh, the, the immigrant population in California is dropping right now. There's a, there was a news story from last week where immigrant, illegal immigrants are going home. Why? Because the United States economy is in the crapper. And one of the reasons it's in the crapper is because the United States government and people that support it are um, you know so all fired, ready to get a bunch of bureaucrats, say, to do whatever their bidding is, like working on the border. I say open that border up and let free people cross the border of free countries freely. Otherwise, you don't have free countries. Well, I would say there is an immigration process. Sure there is. And you can change that immigration process. It could be moral. For instance, you could just say anybody who wants to come in can have a free work 
visa. That way, you know, we know who you are. We can charge you taxes. You can pay those things. And then, bam, you've got them all tracked and numbered and spindled if that's what you want to do. I say free people don't have to fill out government paperwork because people that work in the government believe that they own you and me. And if I have to fill out their paperwork, they must own me. But that's beside the point. Well, you know what? You bring up an excellent point, and I would connect whatever you know, whatever the American people would agree to in a in a true representative government. Whether you want to call it a democracy or a republic, it would seem that they would have town hall meetings. It would seem like uh, they would say, "Hey, uh, you know, what do you think about this? What do you want us to do?" I would say, not only bring the troops home, but Erect, you know, terminate NAFTA, GATT, the World Trade Organization, our involvement in that. I have no problem with that. Erect tariffs. No, I'm not going to erect any tariffs. Tariffs are the way that people, um, you know, choose to do business with each other. Shouldn't I be able to do business with whomever I please without the government getting involved in it? Well, I'm I'm thinking in terms of all the the exodus of all these uh, corporate. Indeed, that has happened, but largely that's happened because of the government's rules on it. Like, the government creates a problem, and then people use the government to solve the problem, and then we we descend into this spiral of ever-increasing government all over again, Fred. And and that's why why VAR Esquire attorneys were prohibited from being in government, according to a couple investigator people. I think they were FBI. They uh, dodge and done... uh, they investigated the racketeering, government racketeering, of all things, and they discovered certified copies of the federal constitution where it still had in the state libraries uh, the the, the uh, title of nobility exclusion, and that would, of course, mean a BAR Esquire attorneys. Because if you do some due diligence, you'll discover that all judges are bar Esquire attorneys. The Legislative Service Bureau at the federal and state level they're the ones who promise. It's no doubt it's a nation of lawyers. Frederick, I've uh, got to let you go. Free Talk Live, 855 450 3733. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. Don't know why I'm giving out that number. <laughs> I guess we, we have no calls on hold, so you, you could slip in here you, at Free Talk Live. You certainly could. I'd like to tell you about how you can help uh, spread the word about FTL, and it's called AMP. That stands for Advertise, Market, Promote. And uh, for a minimum amount of money, uh, how, how much would you guess for would the minimum be? Like twenty dollars, fifty dollars? You sound like one of those hawkers on the uh, the boardwalk. <laughs> just three dollars, Mark, for just three dollars. Not a twenty, month. not ten, not five, but three dollars a month. <laughs> Less than a cup of coffee. That's right. You could help uh, uh, spread the word about freedom and liberty. 
So amp.freetalklive.com. And that's $3 a month um, for people who want to get the perks of the AMP program. There's uh, AMP only, uh, there's an AMP-only podcast where there, there are... You know, no fewer, commercials. Fewer commercials. Fewer, yeah. Yeah, no recorded commercials. There are the uh, certainly the live reads like this one. The power of property rights. Why are property rights so important? Even for those who own the least? Professor Tom W. Bell of Chapman University School of Law explains that property rights allow people to live together in peace, prosperity, and freedom. They prevent conflicts over scarce resources, encourage productive labor, and discourage waste. Check out this video and all the others that I have as a favorites here on learnliberty.org slash FTL. These videos are great ways to share the ideas of liberty. Show them to your friends and family. Show them to people on Facebook. Share them on Facebook. It's learnliberty.org slash FTL. When you're there, check out the uh, Liberty Academy link. It's on the right-hand side. It's a course for people who want free online continuing education, economics, philosophy, liberty, and rights. Learnliberty.org slash FTL. Julia, you've got a a story that I think is appropriate after this last call. Right. We actually briefly mentioned this earlier. It's from the Associated Associated Press um, from Algoquia. Albuquerque, New Mexico, the man who chased down a suspected child abductor and saved a six-year-old girl from what could have been a horrible fate was honored as a hero Friday. But he is also gaining a new kind of celebrity as a poster child of sorts for immigration rights in state and national immigration debates. Antonio Diaz Chacon, 23, is married to an American and has been in the country for four years. But Chacon said he abandoned attempts to get legal residency because the process was difficult and expensive. Indeed it is. The process is very difficult and very expensive. And right. this is one of the things that I think is so terrible about it. They use the process in order to make it a hurdle for people to come in to the country. You know, if you want this economy to kick off, bring in people who need to eat food, live in houses, drive cars that produce something in the economy B- bring people in if you give them these uh, worker visa things you don't have to give them free st- you know, they don't need uh, you know don't give, them where, yeah, don't give them yeah the don't give them the health care don't give them welfare don't give them welfare don't give them any of this stuff now i don't i frankly don't believe that anybody should be provided these things by the government because i think that that is a it's an immoral activity and suggests that i ha- somehow am obligated because i have been born and because i work to pay for somebody else who you know may or may not wish to work um, their health care that seems wrong to me but you know if if you want to solve this economy just let people come in here and work and live and buy things let them raise their families give them worker visas and that way you can keep an eye on them if that's what you want to do and you know if they if they commit crimes fine kick them out but i don't know how you're ever going to stop people who have been convicted of crimes from coming in the country even if you say only people who um commit crime only people who have committed crimes and have uh, communicable diseases cannot come in the country you still can't keep them out because those people sneak across the border currently millions of people sneak across the border what are you going to do about it it's a matter of supply and demand you know that they want to come in and somebody's going to supply them a a way to get in it's really easy too for everybody out there who who has a problem with this who are you're you're already here and it's really easy for somebody like that to say well you know my grandma my great grandma came here you know 100 years ago yeah. wait 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 what was that phrase she she what she came here yeah Right. From and somewhere else? From someplace yeah. else. They immigrated here. And the important thing but is... But they did it legally. Right. Well, at the time, the laws you, were different. Yeah. I mean, is that the suggestion that one can't create laws that are immoral? Because I think they can. 
Yeah. I'm reasonably certain they can. And all you have to do is to look, look at the history of lawmaking to find out that laws that are immoral are created all the time. I have to say, I mean, kudos to this guy for having the courage to say this because, I mean, this could get him in legal trouble. He sure. could be sent out of here. It's it, it's well, a powerful statement. I think you can't, or at least the federal government can't actually deport you unless you commit a crime, right? I don't think that's true. I okay. think that uh, if you were here illegally that they can uh, go well, after you. Well, they've had these sting well, operations it, in New a, England. It's more operated by the state government, isn't it? No. No? No, this is it's a federal. Usually it's the ICE that does it. Okay. Um and in this case he he actually can be here. It's just that they've I mean they've made it hard for somebody who gets married to an American. I'd sure. like to point out in New Mexico, uh people of Caucasian descent are a minority because it really is new Mexico. Well, it used to be part of Mexico. <laughs> Indeed. Well, a good a good portion of the uh, the country did. Yeah. So but New Mexico, even more so than most places. Mm-hmm. Uh, California has the largest amount of illegals, as I understand it. But New Mexico has the largest amount of people of Mexican descent. And, sure, sure. You know, if that matters. So they, they kind of blend in, as it were. Yeah. Well, well, you know, white people came in uh, and took California from uh, the Californianos. Yeah. It was uh, just another section of Mexico, right? Yeah, exactly. It was uh, just Texas, the- too. Texas, yeah, same Actually, story. Mexican Mexicans invited Texans in to settle the area called uh, Texas and uh, something uh, else. Yeah. And uh, then the Americans decided that they were going to go take it from the Mexicans and then give it back to America, although America didn't want it at the time. Um, they told them, you know, you're, you're your own republic. But frankly, a lot of the 13th colonies were uh, their own republics for a while, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the the thing is, when you keep out people that you believe are competition or whatever, you're keeping out people that are going to save little girls. This is what this guy right. did. I mean, there are people in this country who maybe if they had not heard this story, maybe they've changed their stance on it, would say that this they want this guy out of here. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't I don't know how they can go after this guy. They look real bad well, by saying uh, this. Well, guy I'm saying now at this point in time, they could have changed their stance. But if this hadn't happened and they just sure. said, here is Diaz. He is an illegal. Yeah. People would, you know, come oh, with their pitchforks. He's taking my job and, and speaking some different language and his skin's a different color. Right. And, and, you know, they care about what's going on in New Mexico where most people speak, where a lot of people speak Spanish, you know. So, I mean, as if that matters. Why should I have to push two for English? Yeah. Well, you know, get because there's businesses out there that are serving their customers, and those businesses wish to provide service into those. I mean, here in New Hampshire, the welcome signs are written in French and English. Sure. Nobody's upset about that. Right. Nobody's saying, well, golly, I shouldn't have to look at a sign written French. I mean, you know, you don't, I've never, never once heard that. Why? Because there's a reasonably strong attachment to uh, the, the the French Canadians up there in this, the, uh, sure, this state. Yeah, they're there are, there are a lot of Acadians here in northern New England, especially. Um, what are those? Acadians are people of French descent. Okay. Um, I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the Quebecois uh, down in Louisiana, there's plenty of Acadians. Yep. And you just don't you don't hear that. You don't hear people complaining about um, you know people pressing three for French. And I think it's it it, it just kind of shows an underlying bigotry. Right. And I'm not saying that everybody who thinks that illegals should be sent out of the country are bigots i'm just saying they're on the same side as the bigots right and it can look that way and you need to look at your motivations about what your beliefs are at the very least you're ethnocentric in the sense that you believe that people who were born in one particular circle on the map 
are better or um, should be uh, uh, pro- provided privileges that people who were born in another circle on the map aren't. You provide freedom to everybody, and everybody's going to do better. Currently, it's not us against the Mexicans. It's the politicians against you, and you don't even know what side you're on. You're, by advocating to kicking people out, you're advocating for jobs for people who are not productive. People on the border, the Border Patrol folks, they're not being productive. They're not in society creating goods and services for other people. They're just sucking off the teat, as it were. Now, I mean, I'm not saying the people that do the job are bad. I'm just saying that they're not being productive. They're not providing anything. Sure, yeah, they're not producing. They're not making any kind of service or new invention. So by advocating for people that, uh, you know, behave in such a fashion, you know, that do these jobs, more people to do these jobs, we just need 10 times as many border security. Well, you're now advocating for 10 times as many people. To be taken out of the workforce and just stand on the border for nothing because you're not going to accomplish anything by doing that. And the government job is always going to provide a little little more as far as pay and and, and benefits because... Can't beat those bennies. Yeah, they're they're not working in the, the marketplace. Often people in the marketplace will earn more money, but it's because they're being productive it's because they're being efficient the government doesn't understand efficiency and has it isn't productive generally i mean they do do some activities like uh, fighting fire sending cops in places and those are productive activities but they don't do them as efficiently as the marketplace would do it it's free talk live it's been mark with you and luther and julia thanks a lot